It's time again for your Portland Morning Brew. Casual conversations with business, city, and community leaders and influencers. Get to know your neighbors. News, views, and events all centered around our community. Now, here's your host, Troy Holden. Good morning. How are you doing? This is Sherry Ferguson here with the Portland Chamber of Commerce, and uh, I'm here with Troy Holden. Um, He has uh, taken over this podcast and done a great job with that, and I wanted to find uh, an opportunity to be able for you to get to know him a little bit. Well, thank you, Sherry. I appreciate that. Well, um, it's always fun to find a little bit about the voice behind the voice. So, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. so uh, first of all, again, thank you for what you do for us here on the, our podcast and getting to know the people of Portland. So let's start with why you first came to Portland and what brought you here. Well, I was working for Nissan down in Smyrna, and this was back in, uh, I started there in, in the early 90s. And as it got close to the year 2000, Nissan was going through a lot of change. They uh, had been purchased up by Renault, and there was uh, they had a new president, and there was just a lot of things going on. And the auto industry had had a little bit of a slowdown, so they decided to send uh, management or some members of management out to affiliate companies or associate companies to help them become, quote unquote, more like Nissan. <clears throat> and I was one of the people who was recruited to go to Unipress. And uh, I went to Unipress actually as a as a, a, a hire. I didn't go just as a, they're sending you there. They gave me the opportunity to go there as like, a uh, you know, in management to head up the, the launch of the new Altima that was going to come out. So I went in there to help teach and train and teach and train and all that kind of stuff and show them the Nissan way. And um, that was how I ended up in Portland. I actually moved to Cottontown first and spent a little time there and then uh, actually went back to Murfreesboro for a short time, but then came back uh, here to Portland and settled out on uh, out on Ranch Road. And I've been here ever since, ever since uh, about 2001. Well, we've we've been very fortunate to have you here. And um, so what made you want to stay? You said you went back to Murfreesboro, so you tried the, the bigger city again. Yeah, I did. Murfreesboro, uh, as a as a kid where I grew up, was a, you know, similar to Portland in a lot of ways. It was a 10,000, 12,000 person town. You know, we had one McDonald's. We had you know, the, the sporting goods store. We had a, a bicycle, motorcycle shop. It was small. And then, as everybody knows, when when Nissan moved into Smyrna, Murfreesboro just exploded. I mean, it became there were seven McDonald's instead of one. And it was just too big. I I, I missed the small town being as a kid, getting on a bicycle and going anywhere you wanted to go. Um, I missed the friendliness of a small town. Um, and Portland reminded me a lot of that. So what I that's what I loved about being up here, the size the the uh, the community and everything. It was just like going back in time a little bit, but in a good way. So you started several companies and helped through expansions and growth and uh, kind of more of a consultant role in a lot of these positions, um, mm-hmm. even though you've been employed through them. So tell us a little bit about those projects and the things that you've worked on at the different uh, places here in Portland. Okay. Um, my first realization that uh, I was I was had been moved over to, from Unipress. I went to Nissan Trading, which was a division of Nissan, and absolutely loved it. But they sent me everywhere every week. 
I would be in Mexico. I would be in Japan. I would be in Mississippi. I was just on the go visiting suppliers. And I really wanted to stop all that. So I had heard about an opening, uh, a new company coming in called Dorman. And I was the first general manager they had. I stayed there, I want to say close to two years. But the thing that that I missed was manufacturing. They didn't make anything. Uh, MCT was coming into town at the time, Mechanical Components. They were an automotive manufacturer that made for a lot of different places, had an opportunity to go there as a plant manager and start it up. And you're going to see now startups because at Nissan, uh, I did two startups for Nissan Trading. I did, you know, Dorman was a startup. MCT was a startup. Um, After uh, MCT, when they were preparing for a buyout and such, there were some changes and things going on. I left there and went over to Dido. They were doing an automotive startup. And then uh, from Dido over to uh, eventually to Sabaki, where Sabaki was going to build a brand new plant and have to move it. And it was in the essence, a startup. So that became my thing in automotive. Um, and, I, and I loved it uh, until COVID. It's something, some things happened during COVID with automotive. I mean, people heard about supply chain problems and, and what did I do? I was a supply chain manager. So uh, being over that and over purchasing, and we had just moved to the building and going through all that stress. And, and then we were losing people. And then all of a sudden, well, can you run the production area? Can you help with this? Can you help with that? And, and being a person who never turned down a challenge, sure. I'll try that, you know, and you eventually got overwhelmed. You felt like you weren't doing what you needed to be doing. And then COVID was really fully hit. And as it was coming back or people were coming back to work, they said, let's make videos. This was an HR idea. Let's make videos so we don't have to do one-on-one interactions. And you narrate the videos, you know, welcome back to work. Here's the steps we have to follow when we come back to work. And somebody in HR said, you know, you could make a living doing that. And I'm like, please tell me how. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because I was to that point, I just needed to, to find something else. So well, I pursued this part-time and uh, for a while. And then in October of 21, uh, my wife and I were having a discussion. She said, you know, y- you've had it, just quit. And I said, well, I don't want to just quit. That's not fair to them. So I went in and gave notice through the end of the year. And I said, I'm, I'm going to leave and I'm going to take a chance on doing this for a living. Well, uh, it's proven very, uh, very well for you. I think that um, as you have found, uh, most people know that starting up any new business is a challenge, uh, finding the right contacts, getting some of those, which you have a lot of those through what you do mm-hmm. and and the contacts through all the businesses that you've had. But uh, now you're a voice actor. So what does a voice actor do? That's a good question because some people perceive it that we sit home and we voice cartoons or animations and all that. And, you know, 80% of my business is probably corporate narration, video narration. Um, You know, I I have a lot of clients who run their businesses through, uh, you know, they sell courses or training and and they put stuff on YouTube. I even have some YouTube channels that I narrate and, and a lot, you know, you start out in this, that's a good way to start because you, you can get some business, but it's really cheap business. But I went from, you know, the 10, $20 narrations to I have people paying, you know, like $30 a minute, you know, for six or 30 and 40 minute narrations. And that pays really nice. So 
for me, it's more, like I said, the, the corporate work. Uh, I do commercial work. I recently had a spot air on ESPN during the Super Bowl, and it was a very short thing for me. I didn't get to say a lot of words, but those pay really nice. Um, those are I'm really sure great bookings. Yeah. Yes. I'm and I, sure that when you can be on a Super Bowl ad, I mean, they're wanting to make sure they're good quality work. So they're going to pay yeah, for a good yeah. chunk for that. And, and the, the trend in voiceover and commercial work right now is the be yourself, be authentic, be, you know, and you got, you probably hear it when you watch TV, you just hear normal, sounds like normal voices. But this one was great because they said, we want you to talk like Pat Summerall, you know, like the announcer. And and that's what we all love to do that if we, you know, grew up thinking I always wanted to be a radio DJ or something. And so we get that announcer voice and we want to talk like this. And and yes. we didn't get to do that very often, but I did on that spot. But the best paying things I've ever done, and I, I have some agents that, that book me for things, it's always the short stuff that pays the most. The less words you say, the more you make. And that's crazy. It is um, crazy. I, I had an ad running up in Kentucky, and, and people may have heard it on the radio. It's played on that uh, Beaver FM and some of those, and it's it's Kentucky Higher Education. And I think the, the line, and I don't remember it exactly, but it's like, you know, if you're looking for a rewarding career, and that was all I said, and that paid $2,800 to say that. <laughs> you know, but I'll sit and read these YouTube things that are 1,200 words and get $50. So, you know, you never know. Right, right. Not glamorous, like a lot of people think. It's hard work. It really is. Well, and and I think that a lot of times just really understanding what your um, contract or what the people that you're doing the video for are they're really looking for, because the, most mm-hmm. of the time they probably don't even know. You know, they know yeah, they want content, true. but they don't know what they want it to be like. And then you really probably have to give them options. I do. And I also do some, uh, I do some script writing for short stuff. I have a couple of clients that do HVAC commercials and they'll say, we want to run a spring special, $99 for this. And I have to write, you know, the 15 or 30 second script and they send me their, what they call a donut, which is the music, you know, with their little jingle and I have to fit the stuff in the middle. And then they, then they'll come back and say, well, we want a disclaimer on the end and we want this, you know? So right. the hard thing in commercial is making people understand in 15 seconds or 30 seconds, let's say 30 seconds, you only get 150 words if you're lucky, you right. know, and then if they want a jingle and this, well, then it's down to a hundred words or it's down to whatever. And, and they'll send you a paragraph. You know, and they want it all in there. So that's right. that's usually the challenge. But it, 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 it is a lot of fun. And I've always been a highly creative person. I've always either been involved in music or something to have a creative outlet. And this, probably since the age of eight, this is what I wanted to do. But it only became in the last few years attainable to do it from home. So that makes it great. Well, I will say that I heard a, a commercial this morning on WQKR uh, for Graphic Obsessions, I believe, that you might have been the voice on. Yes, yes. So, I've been uh, doing so Donna's you. stuff. And what I love about locally, and I want folks to know this, I love to barter. There's nothing but because I always need shirts with a logo on it or something. So she and I work out some stuff like that. And it's wonderful. And and locally, people don't think about voiceover that much. They, you know, they think about, well, a radio commercial. But your uh, your phone system, um, it's very reasonable to get that stuff done and have, you know, oh, oh crap, so-and-so quit and, and they're on our answering system and now we got to redo it. Well, if you have somebody like myself do it, you just send an email and say, I need this. And in 15 minutes, I'll send it to you. 
you know, that quick, you can have it fixed and replaced. So I, I do quite a bit of that. I'll tell you a funny story about <laughs> a local funny story about this. I had a guy reach out to me through the, he, through the chamber. It was a company through the chamber. And he said, I'd love for you to do our, our, our voicemail. So I recorded it, sent it to him. He goes, man, that's just way too Southern for us. <laughs> Wait a minute. You're in Portland. That's right. But, but their parent company was not. So they were looking for neutral. And, and I have really done a lot of training this last year to create a neutral accent. And I can do it pretty well, but I have to go into a character and it's not really my natural voice. And I don't like to do that. I like to give them this genuine, authentic. And, and what I'm finding with having this accent, I had two options. I could either fail uh, because I had an accent or I could embrace it and find a way to market it and target it. So that's what I've done. I've really targeted the automotive because I love automotive and have been in it so long, but I went to the, you know, the retail side of automotive and I have like five car dealerships that I do all their ads for. Uh, but it's Florida, it's Georgia, it's Alabama. I do oddly have a Audi dealer in Salt Lake city, Utah, who loves, they love that voice. So they some places find us offensive. I don't know why they don't like it. And I don't know why, but others go, we love it because it's different, you know? So. Well, I know know in my travels, a lot of times, you know, everybody wants to know, where are you from? Texas, Tennessee, you know, they always Mm -hmm. can give you some Southern place that you're from. And it's funny because you don't realize that you're talking. No, no, we don't. But because it's not different to us, it is what we, the way we talk, but you know, it, it doesn't matter. I've been to, you know, when you go to New York or anywhere, they, Mm -hmm. they all pick that out. I just got back from Ireland and, um, in another country, they even know that you're from the southern part of, yes. of the United States. So yes. it is interesting. And most of the time, they they just want to hear you say something. And of course, we're well, the same do. way. When we went to Ireland, it's like, I just love listening to them talk, you know, because it's different. So They do. It is different. I walked in a, a Dunkin' Donuts up in Massachusetts, and all I said was, large coffee. You're not from here, are you? <laughs> you got that from large coffee, right? but right. it's amazing, you know, it and is. people do. And of course we pick up on it too, but what I, what I thought would make sense for me to market, and I do a lot of direct marketing. I send a lot of emails every month to, to companies, to production companies. And I tell them the story that, that I have been told by employees, like at local companies, why do you guys keep playing these training videos with these people with different accents? Why don't they don't, we can't half understand them. So companies like Georgia power, you know, have hired me to do employee training or, or companies in Alabama because they want to hear that. They want it to sound familiar. They don't want somebody coming on saying, well, to, to make the car park out in the yard, do this. You know, they, they want to hear it said Southern. So, I decided to market that way. Now, there are VO people who fake a Southern accent, but their thing is they can't do it for two hours. Right. They can do it for 10 minutes, maybe, but they can't do it for two hours. So I market that way. I call myself the blue collar voice of choice. I was going to call it, you know, your Southern flavor or something like that. But I said, no, I'm going to stick with blue collar because people get working, working people and hardworking people. And I came from a blue collar background of automotive. So, so far it's working and I won't get rich, but I'll make a living and that's what matters. So um, you had mentioned a few things. Are there any other uh, places that we might hear your voice that you've been on lately that uh, 
you want to share with us? Um, probably locally, the, uh, and I had a couple of people here in town, they heard the thing on ESPN. They said, I could have swore that was you. I said, it was me. Um, and, and that and, and the spot that's played on the Beaver, there's, there's a couple of things that have run, uh, here on the local station. Um, I have had, uh, an ad for Yellowwood. Uh, that was another one of those where I said like four words, you know, and unless, you know, if you see a Yellowwood commercial, you know, if, if the guy goes absolutely, if you hear the word absolutely, that was me. Um, a lot of that kind of stuff. Um, if you if somebody was really bored and wanted to get on YouTube, there's a there's a uh, a channel called Space Matters. It's all about planets and dinosaurs and all this. It's really fascinating. They have great graphics. And that is where I'm cutting my teeth or trying to learn to become a TV narrator. I would love to narrate more uh, TV documentaries and things like that. And I think that's a good place for a Southern voice because a lot of times it is in a Southern atmosphere. You know, they're uh, here in the swamps of Louisiana and stuff like that. So uh, I'm working on a lot of that. Um, Most of the stuff that I would have been heard on would have been that really not – you know, it, it takes so long to break into the commercial side. I've been blessed to have a few good commercials out, um, but it's just hard. I mean, there are literally, I would say, 500 people a month get into this industry. Probably five or 600 fall out, but they they think they can just jump in and make money, and all I got to do is sit in a room and record. And it's man, it's so difficult. You got to have acting chops, improv chops. You've got to be able to change gears. I mean, one minute I'm recording, you know, something that is almost not depressing, but quiet. And then the next minute you're selling used cars and come on in and get it for $19.95, you know, and then the next minute it's in the jungle of so-and-so. So you got to be able to continually change gears and, and you really got to, you got to have some thick skin because for every 100 auditions you submit, you might book two jobs. Right. So you just got to be tough skinned and, and adamant to keep going. Well, and um, I know that you've mentioned some things that people, local people could use you for mm-hmm. um, mention a few more things of that. If somebody there's, there's things that the, a voiceover is right for, whether you may not be on channel five for a commercial, but what are some things that they can utilize your services for? It's really great in the corporate world for when you have changes in employee benefits and you need to get that to employees. You do a slideshow and you put a nice voice behind it. I can even do the slideshow, put everything together for them. Uh, I mentioned phone systems, Um, what's called voice of God. A lot of things now due to COVID, people will pre-record announcements. You know, ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats. This will begin in 15 minutes. I've done award shows. Um, like for construct, you know, construction companies or a, a city is given out uh, awards to a bunch of different companies where I pre-recorded all the winners and all the introductions and they just played them versus having somebody come live because they didn't want to pay somebody. And, and you know, when they come and they, they want $500 or something to come and do the announcements, well, you can pay by the word or by the whatever in voiceover and buy it, you know, much more reasonably. Um, all those kinds of things. I have done uh, some live stuff. I know I've even uh, come and done some things for you guys, um, which is 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 fun to do because, you know, in person and watching people's reactions is great. But voiceover is just so much more than what people think of, of animation and commercials and cartoons and all that stuff, which 
I have done some of that. I, I got a lead role, uh, uh, an L.A. producer cast me in a lead role for a thing where I was a retired police detective that had a blind dog and he would take the dog on vacations and stuff. And he's always talking to the dog and they wanted this old gruff voice. So it was like, well, okay, Josie, just get on in the car and everything's going to be all right. You know? And so I get to do some of the fun stuff, but, um, and would love to do a lot more of that, but it's voiceover is just such a humongous range. And, um, uh, political ads, uh, you know, we got the, the huge political season coming up with with the major elections next year. And I just dropped an ashamedly large amount of money with a production company to make a new demo of political commercials because I want to get in that game because, yes, there are people that will hire you for your southern accent and they want a southern accent for those commercials. So um, that's another big thing. Um, well, gosh, it's such a huge ideas. industry. You've given me some ideas even for us. I know mm-hmm. uh, one thing that I will tell people to listen for our Middle Tennessee Strawberry Festival on channels two and four, because those will be coming up and you will be producing those for us as well. Yes. So that'll be the week of Strawberry Festival. So um, they'll be on uh, typically in the mornings, but but be on the lookout for those because you will hear a local voice on that uh, commercial so too. Yeah, so. and I'll, I'll ultimately, ultimately get a couple of Facebook messages. I could have swore I heard you this morning on yeah. And I I love that, that people, and I'm talking people I haven't seen in 10 or 15 years that I work with at Nissan. They still remembered because I I guess I talk a lot. Well, and you know, you just, well, this morning I was listening to WQKR and they had a, um, uh, someone on and I'm listening, I'm going, I know that voice, but I caught it right before they mentioned who it was. Mm -hmm. And I'm sitting there the whole time they're interviewing, trying to figure out who it was. And I still couldn't, when they came back, they told who it was. And it was, uh, Chris Arthur with the police department. And Uh, I was like, Oh yes, that's who it is. But you know, you're sitting there, you're going, trying to figure out who it is. So, but, um, but, uh, so you have a podcast. Let's talk about a little bit about that. Uh, not only the podcast that we do here at the chamber, but tell a little Mm -hmm. bit about your podcast. I do. It's called The VO Life. I started it when I started in voiceover to kind of track my journey uh, as I went through. It actually started as The VO Ladder, and I had a partner, and that kind of fell apart, um, uh, which was a good thing for me. Um, So I started off with VO Life after 20 episodes, and we're up to, I'm actually releasing uh, number 99 and number 100 um, this week and next week. Um, and it just goes through the journey of being a voice actor and gives a lot of advice to new people, you know, what not to do, what to do. Uh, when do you need a professional demo? When can you make your own demos? You know, how do you get work? How do you market? It it just goes through everything I did. And the fun thing that people that have followed it, they have seen the, the, the change in my beliefs. When I started, I was in the world of, well, you can go to these certain platforms called Fiverr and Upwork and whatever, and make some money. But they pay crap. And what I learned was that was probably not the smart path to take. So then it went to the other way. But it's a really good podcast for that. And even just general entrepreneurship, it's a good thing. But back to the Portland podcast, so thankful for that because getting to know people in the community, um, their personalities, we we know we have a fire chief and a police chief and this, but we don't really know them. A lot of people don't. And I think it's so good to hear they have families. They grew up here. They're just good people. And, you know, there's so many times that we're out, we take all this stuff for granted that, you know, well, where's a, where's a police car when I need it? And where's it, you know, we, we 
have that attitude sometime, but in listening to these people and what they're going through and what they're dealing with and their jobs and, and that they have real lives, it kind of makes you stop and think. And, and I'm really hoping it, it has that outreach to some people where they say, you know, they're people too. They're our neighbors. We should, you know, be more respectful and take good care of them too. Well, I do think that it's good to get to know the people that own the businesses and that um, are here serving our community, whether it's through civil service or whether it's through, you know, I'm opening a restaurant to serve the local community, because that's really what all of these small businesses are doing. They're out here, um, you know, for you. Yes, they're here to make money, but they're trying to do what they love to do and serving the community. And we appreciate you getting them Mm -hmm. out there and, and bringing a little bit of attention to them as well and getting to know them. Yeah, it's great to showcase that and, and encouraging people to shop local. Um, it's so easy or so we take for granted, well, I'll run to Walmart or I'll go to here. But but can you get it here? I mean, can is there something you could just get here? I have really broken the habit of Lowe's uh, over the past many years. And I'm going to Ace Hardware first. That's here. It's in my town. I'm going there first. If they don't have it, then okay. If I have to go somewhere, I will. But I try to look here first, and I and, and I hope it encourages people to do the same thing because they need us and we need them. I mean, we don't want to ever let go of what we have. Then we become another big town, and, you know, we don't want to do that. Right, right. Well, before we go, leave us with how they can get in touch with you, your website, and, and um, again, more just how to, how to reach you. Absolutely. Uh, very easy. TroyHoldenVoices.com. And, and social media everywhere, it's all the same. Troy Holden Voices, whether it's embarrassingly, embarrassingly I do TikTok. Uh, I do that for voiceover people mainly to help, uh, you know, same thing with uh, tied into my podcast. I do a lot of voiceover information on there. But yeah, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, uh, you can find me under Troy Holden Voices and would love to help more people locally. I think they just forget about this type of service. And, you know, I would love to do more stuff locally. So if if you need it, I'll take care of you. It's not as expensive as it it sounds. Sometimes people think, well, I can't pay hundreds or thousands of dollars for my phone system. I promise you it's not that much. It's really not. I do a lot of people's phone systems. You know, it's just just the intro or whatever. And it's, you know, it's like $25. And and then they want it renewed and you only charge just a little bit if they have a change. And, And it gets that repetitive professional voice where every time somebody calls, it's not a different employee on your recording. It just makes it sound good. It does. And it's not one you have to change because an employee has left. Uh, I know a lot of times um, there'll be an employee that hadn't been there in three years and they still have the same voice right. on there. So so right. it does help with that, that you, you don't have somebody that was a former employee that's still on your voicemail. But Right. Um, well, thank you for turning the tables today. This was fun. I don't get the opportunity to be on this side uh, hardly ever. I do get invited to some podcasts now and then, but uh, this was great. Well, I appreciate you and all you do for us and uh, look forward to hearing more your commercials. Thanks so much. You guys have a good one. Thank you. This was the Portland Morning Brew with Troy Holden. If you'd like to be a guest, reach out to the Portland Chamber of Commerce. We'd love to have you on the podcast. Be sure and visit the Chamber's Facebook page for more information. Thanks for listening and join us again soon.